The Bible and Interracial Marriage by Carl Wieland Published in Creation Magazine, Issue 34, December 2011 Even though the Bible makes it clear that all people descended from Adam and Eve, so they must be very closely related, there are still misconceptions among some Christians surrounding race. Surprisingly, perhaps, this can include concerns about the idea of marriage between two believers from different so-called races. But these concerns have no basis in either science or the Bible. Science has finally caught up with God's word in affirming how very closely related we are at the very genetic level. Evolutionary thinking has, historically, exacerbated racism dramatically. Charles Darwin believed that some groups were less evolved toward humanity than others, with his own group, unsurprisingly, the most evolved. Darwin's ally in Germany, Ernst Haeckel, even attacked the Bible for its anti-racism. It's not as if we can solve all society's problems with race by simply decreeing, on the basis of our close relatedness, that there is no such thing as race. If that were so, then there would be no such thing as racism or discrimination by race, nor would there even be the question of interracial marriage. In short, the word race still conveys everyday meaning. We recognize that some are more closely related to us, and hence look more similar to us than others. But what group differences exist are trivial, as modern discoveries in human biology and genetics now confirm. Things such as skin, hair, or eye color involve no structures or functions unique to any group, just various amounts of the same stuff. All people have the same sunscreen, skin pigment, called melanin. Those with more melanin, generally labeled black, are really more dark brown. Those with less, called white, are really light brown, often pinkish, because of insufficient melanin to screen the redness of their small blood vessels and there are many shades in between. People with blue eyes have no unique coloring chemical. It's that same stuff, melanin. It's simply the way the light scatters from the lesser amount of melanin, just as the sky is blue because of the scattering of light from air molecules, enhanced by fine dust particles. Similarly, those genetically programmed to produce a lot of melanin in their hair will have brown or black hair, and those with a little bit have blonde hair. Incidentally, it's easy to explain how groups of people with differing characteristics distributed variously across the world could have arisen very rapidly. The Bible describes an event at Babel that provides the right conditions, the breakup of a population into a few dozen smaller ones that became isolated from each other. The world's population, having recently emerged from a near-extinction event, all spoke the same language. A small number of new languages, which form the roots of today's language family trees, was suddenly and supernaturally imposed upon this group. The resultant confusion and likely hostilities meant that each group rapidly fulfilled God's stated purpose for this event, namely to spread people over all the earth. In effect, the event imposed a virtually instant social and then geographic, hence reproductive, isolation from each other. Each group carried a different subset of the total gene pool. Chapter 18 of the Creation Answers book explains in detail how this would have led to all sorts of genetic groupings, including visible traits, 
we see in human populations today. Thus, racial differences, though not the purpose of this babble event, were a side effect. Desperate attempts have been made to use this and other portions of the Bible to justify the status quo in societies with slavery and or segregation. However, following that fairly drastic initial divine nudge, humanity has long ago amply observed God's command to fill the earth. There is no suggestion in scripture that God forbids either migration from one place to another or marriage between one ethnic group and another. The Bible does counsel believers not to marry unbelievers, 2 Corinthians 6.14. And in Old Testament times, the Israelites were not to marry outsiders, but they were allowed to if the outsiders converted to faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, such as occurred for Rahab and Ruth, ancestors of Jesus. See Matthew 1. This shows that the issue was religious, not racial or even cultural. Culture matters. Common sense indicates that groups that have a longer history of isolation from each other, both geographically and linguistically, will have developed greater differences in their respective cultures. Interracial marriage will therefore often mean that one is marrying someone from a different culture. So, there are wisdom issues to consider. Cultural differences can arise even when two people are of the same race. For example, a typical English person marrying a typical Russian. Even those speaking the same language, such as Americans and Australians, are often surprised at how great the cultural differences can be. Cultural differences can greatly enrich both persons' lives, but they can also bring a unique set of problems. Couples wise enough to seek counseling on various matters prior to betrothal should consider such things too. It helps to be able to anticipate the sort of problems that may arise and bring the issues out into the open. The intention is to try to minimize problems should the marriage proceed. Dogs and the dogma of racial purity. One of the issues in the way that people see interracial marriage has, I think, to do with misconceptions about the idea of a so-called pure race. I recall listening to a talk by CMI colleague, Peter Sparrow. With his trademark wide grin and a booming voice, Peter made a statement which even startled me. It certainly seemed to shock many in the audience. He said, Adam and Eve were the ultimate mongrels. When you think about it, he was absolutely right. The problem is that we have been conditioned to think of genetically depleted populations as pure in the sense of somehow better. In fact, it is the mongrel combinations in both animals and humans that have the greater genetic richness, more like the originals that God created directly. A good illustration of this involves domestic dog breeds. Starting from a mongrel dog population, breeders have been able to select out many different pure breeds. Varieties as different as, say, Great Danes are from Chihuahuas. But by isolating certain characteristics, breeders have had to ignore others. Thus, by breeding for Chihuahua-ness characteristics, including tininess, some of the genes for Great Dane-ness, such as hugeness, were lost in the process, and vice versa. So if all dogs in the world cease to exist apart from Chihuahuas, one could never breed something like a Great Dane again. To rebreed a Great Dane, one would need the genetic richness and variety in that original dog population. So the pure breeds are in fact thinned out in genetically depleted populations. They are more specialized, but also less able to vary and adapt further by selection. 
Similarly, in human populations, Adam and Eve could not have been, as they are often depicted, pale-skinned with blue eyes and blonde hair, or they could not have given rise to all the different varieties of humans. They would likely have been middle-of-the-road in most characteristics, thus able to provide for the great range of variety observed in their offspring. In such things as skin shade, hair, and eye coloring, they were likely a medium brown. The descendants of people who have such a rich genetic endowment can then express a great range of variation as these genes recombine. Their skin shading can range from white to black, and every shade in between. This is beautifully illustrated in the two-tone twins example favored by CMI speakers. The one baby girl looks like a white Caucasian female with blonde hair and blue eyes. Their other baby girl with dark brown skin, black hair, and dark brown eyes. The two beautiful twin baby girls shown were able to express that amazing level of variety in one generation because their mother and father are themselves the product of mixed marriages. In short, when two people from different races intermarry, they gain a great richness and variety in their genes, closer to the original. How sad that so many, inspired by evolution, or by others who have been, have put so much fanatical passion into preserving their particular pure race. Many have killed, and even willingly died, for this cause. Once one sees it for what it is, one's genetically depleted race, it doesn't sound like a cause worth wasting any breath on, let alone dying for. The Bottom Line When we start with the real history of mankind given in God's Word, we see why there are no biblical or biological barriers to interracial marriage. In fact, there are positive aspects to it. Since the spouses in such a marriage are generally going to be less closely related than two of the same ethnic group, they are likely introducing greater genetic variety into their offspring. A pastor. The subject of origins is important to the gospel and you can use it to equip your church. The key point that Creation Ministries International has been making for years is that young minds need creation apologetics training from very early on. It is those who do not get answers from an early age that seem most vulnerable to apostasy. Which is why we give 1200 eye-opening creation presentations in churches and schools globally each year. Our team of speakers deliver powerful presentations on the reliability and scientific accuracy of the Bible. You can host an event at your church, and it's really easy. Our experienced team will guide you through the process, and there are no set speaking fees. Visit creation.com forward slash events today to request a speaker, or find a speaking event coming that we may already have in your area you can attend. I am Joseph Darnell, and for all of us at Creation Ministries International, Thanks for listening.